Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Shropshire Football Podcast. It is episode 13. My name is Luke Hatfield, and I'm happy to say the gang is back together. It's not just two people in the room. For what seems like the first time in a long time, there are two people with me. Two people I'm sure long-time listeners will know and love. First of all, our Shrewsbury Town reporter here at the Shropshire Star, Mr. Lewis Cox. Hi, Luke. How are you? I'm good. And secondly... Our Telford slash Wolves man, Joe Edwards, uh, jack of all trades, master of none. Would would that be would that be apt? Maybe? You said it, not me. <laughs> yeah, it's the three musketeers. The band's back together. Uh, the reunion tour. Uh, <laughs> ticket sales haven't been very good, but uh, we'll plod on as always. Certainly will do. We certainly will do. How is everyone? Everyone thrilled to be back in in, in the same room? Thrilled, thrilled. You know, can't wait for what for what the next fifty odd minutes will bring. Um, you know, I just, just can't wait to get stuck in and and hear what you've got planned for us, Luke. And you know, bring got, it on. Got a decent episode planned today. I think. Yeah, I think so. There is a quiz. Oh, oh well, was it? It was the Nathan Judah quiz. The last time I did a quiz, you know, mm. unfairly. Missed out on the prize and then had to do the jelly bean challenge. Oh, I'm not a big well, fan actually, of that. I'm I not a big fan. Actually, of drew some or... decent jelly beans in the end, so it kind of. I listened, didn't you? You got you you got a lucky draw, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Mister Judah ended up with uh, egg on his face. Uh, Proverbial. <laughs> what pod was this? It was me and Judah. Was it episode? Kind of been a salad one. Was it a Shropshire one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Me and Judy. Yeah. Oh, God knows just, where I was. Uh, yeah. It wow. Was, it, it, it was, was a Christmas. Was it the Christmas one? The one just before Christmas? May, yeah, maybe. Could well have been. Could well have been. Well, what been. Nathan Judah doesn't know about uh, Shrewsbury Town isn't isn't worth knowing. So I, I'm gonna have to listen right. back and uh, see uh, what I, I did. Uh, I did. Give him a bit of an awkward moment. I asked um, him to name a player. Him to name the <laughs> double-barreled strikers, which we focus on. Uh, he got there in the end. To be, to be fair to him, but oh, um, you gave him some tips. But I, I did give him. He'd probably get Ebanks Blake, wouldn't he? Who was <laughs> yeah, yeah, he would. If he was still a Telford or Shrewsbury player. But yeah. uh, did everyone enjoy January? No, no, not really. Uh, January was a bit uh, was a bit pants. Uh, to be honest, um, always is. For a football yeah, I'm, I'm happy, just working 24 7. Happy to get it out of the way, and you know, people listen to, listening to this will be thinking, Oh, why not? You know, it's a transfer window, gotta love it, haven't you? But from our perspective, um, you're kind of constantly uh, expected to, to be on to have your finger on the pulse, really. Like, if it could, it's only got to take one question from somebody off Twitter. Do you know what's going on, Joe? Or do you know what's going on, Lewis? Or what, what's happening now? What's going to happen next week? And then your evening's ruined. Uh, yeah, exactly. And it, it, do, it, does eat, it does eat into your personal life, really. And it, it is hard to have that switch off during January. So, personally, I'm, I'm glad to and, see the back of it. And I'll be honest, with 10 players in and 12 players out, it was fairly busy, shall I say. Yeah, well, my, my January was quite good. Um, oh, just good. because, well, I I like the January transfer window. Obviously, I don't do quite the same job you guys do. No, you just speculate. Don't you? <laughs> That's what I do. I, I I'm the guy who writes all the transfer rumors, gives you guys a hard time because someone reads my transfer rumors and asks you about them. It's brilliant. Yeah. Um. But no. Um. I was doing some actual reporting from a, an Aston Villa game. I know well, I'm a little bit off patch, but um. Back early on in the window, there was talk of Courtney Hawes. Um, Joe will know plenty about this, of course, having covered walls. And I managed to uh, tweet from Dean Smith's press conference about Courtney Hawes. And I think 
He followed me after this. Mark Bosnich followed me on Twitter. Incredible. Seeds. I couldn't believe Childhood it. Childhood hero? Yes. One of my because I was a goalkeeper when I was playing when I was younger, uh, and I tried to play on Sunday league, but it's finding time nowadays. Anyway, yeah, but Bosnich was my favourite goalkeeper, and he followed me on Twitter. I couldn't believe it. Have you slid into his yeah, DM? Yeah, cheeky DM there. I'm or? gonna be. I'm gonna be very shortly. I was trying to think. Oh, could I do it? Could I? Could I? Yeah. Could I just message him? I'm going Big to interview, mate. Fourteen hundred words. I, I did one of those with another former hero of mine, Lee Hendry, and I, I was loving that. But, why don't you just send him three simple words? Love you, Mark. I mean, this professional decorum to worry about. That's, that's all you have to. That's all you have to say. I emoji. Water drop emoji. Yeah, it, it completely gets gets the point across. Love you, Mark. There, I, there I you must. Go. I must admit, I um I do tune into Talksport, and now and then he does pop on, and I'm like, oh, brilliant, Mark Bosnich is on. Shall I tell you a good following related story? Go on. Before I worked here, when I was probably before uni, actually. So you know, when I just used Twitter to mess about like any other kid. Um, Carly Ray Yepsen of Call Me Maybe fame followed me. Did she? No idea why, but I was so happy. That was like my claim to fame. Did I you told not everyone? Did you tweet her? Uh, Is that I can't see she, that I would. Can you imagine? She just randomly searches through yeah. and finds oh this guy. Yeah, I mean, I'll I used him. to just talk loads about Liverpool back in the day, who I obviously support. I don't know if she's a red, but you know it was around the time she released that one and only banger of hers, and yeah, I mean, wow, the fame. Yeah, you got me wondering. Call me maybe. <laughs> maybe I should send that to Mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Call Love me you, maybe Mark. with my with, Call me maybe. There you go. With then. my phone number. I think that's still my most famous follower to be honest. <laughs> yeah, that's the question I was going to ask because I thought it got me thinking. Who who are your guys' most famous followers? And Lewis, you've kind of already answered, unless you've got a more I think famous. I, I doubt anyone's got more followers. Give me a sec. Um, I, I can't think. I can't think for myself. A lot, um, of, lot of football and, and shoesby related stuff. Um, yeah. Um, Christ. Uh, Tom, Tom Watson, the deputy Labour leader. Yeah, yeah. Follow, yeah. Follows oh, me. Right. Yeah, I've probably follows Lewis and a few others as well from the paper. I was expecting someone else. I wasn't expecting that someone like that. Ten million followers, Miss Jepson. She follows eighty-one thousand yeah, people. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. And she's still following you to, to oh, this yeah. day. So, to be so fair. Carly Rae Jepsen's endured four years of hashtag salop live match day tweets, and she loves it. Maybe she's maybe she's. Straight on that Shropshire live stream on 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 the match day, she's she's the first one on there. Get her down the meadow, probably. Get yeah, she could be. Have you slid into her DMs? <laughs> Possibly when I was uh, younger and uh, <laughs> you know alcohol intoxicated, intoxicated. Maybe no, I haven't. Um, no, I don't no, really, you should just message I, her. Call me, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, do you fancy a gig at the meadow? Yeah, doing everyone a favour there. Um, she probably needs another hit. Having only yeah. had one in a whole career. Well, you get some famous people down the middle, didn't? Was it Rod Stewart mm-hmm. who went there? Rod Stewart, Lionel, and, bit of Lionel, uh, Lionel Richie, yeah. yeah. Anastasia was yeah. a supporter. So I'm gonna love set me free. Is this is. <laughs> this is um, this has took a turn. This conversation. Yeah, it's probably took a turn for the worst. Should we Certainly start is. talking about some actual? After football? one more bit of banter. I, okay, I, okay. I, I, I normally track up. three, like like I put three bits of banter down in my notes to discuss. Quality. And the other, the other one, which was brought to me by Andrew Turton the other day, was. We haven't been out on tour again since going to Bridge North. Oh, and I'm still, oh, I'm still. What a day to, that was! I'm still to try orange chips, but you can't get them in Shropshire. That's a problem. Where do I go for it? <laughs> luckily, luckily, we're currently sat in Wolverhampton. Yeah, but yeah, you, um, you can't get them from Shropshire. 
we, I, don't, I don't think. Anyway, if, if there's any chippies out there listening that do do them in Shropshire, then reach out to us. We'll get them. We'll happily sample your food. But uh, I don't think there's... Oh, every day. You've just mentioned them now and I want them for dinner tonight. That's it, because I got mentioned to in the office today and I was like, I've got to mention that in the podcast. I might as well record it. Oh. But, but remember what John Pissarris adv- advised us, uh, not the healthiest option. E-numbers. E-numbers and all that, uh, mm. all that jazz. So, you know, we've got to be careful. I yeah. Last time I went to my chippy, which serves orange chips, without giving too much away about where I live, um, you can now get... Apparently this is an old thing. This they used to do this back in back in the day when your grandparents were little. You yeah. can have the little, you know, the nice chips at the bottom that are all this little scraggly, battered kind of. I don't like them ones. The best bit in my opinion, especially of the orange chips. You can now they they now store these in a separate like little heater thing, and you can just get them poured over the top. Mm. Oh. Mm. oh, you know, for me, I prefer like a lukewarm chip. You know, when they've not been come out fresh out the fryer, they've been in there for about yeah. two or three minutes, four minutes, five minutes maybe. Mm. So you can just eat them straight away. They're not boiling hot, but they're at a perfect temperature. Agreed. Yeah, I guess. Joe Edwards does, <laughs> does not agree. <laughs> All right, let's talk football. Because um, I've run out of banter subjects. Um, oh. Let's uh, do what we always do. We run through the games um, that we may have missed considering that this is a, a bi-weekly or fortnightly podcast. Um, Lewis, for the benefit of everyone listening, we're going to merge both Wolves FA Cup games, if if, if, that's, okay. if that works out, and judge it as one whole tie. We'll talk about the tie as a whole. 180 minutes. Yeah. Um, but So in that case, we're going to talk about the 4-3 um, game against Bradford. Oh, my I mean, I mean well, <laughs> that was a day, wasn't it? We could fill a poddy on that game uh, alone. Dreadful... For me, in particular, having caught a bug halfway up there. Um, well, you got ill halfway up. Yeah, spent a night in a hotel, thankfully uh, booked by work anyway, but there's no way I could have made it home because I was at one point thinking, this is it, this is the end. I'm, I'm pegging it in Bradford. And uh, <laughs> woke up, having well, barely slept and, uh, yeah, managed to... Yeah, not pretty scenes in my uh, Bradford Hotel bathroom the following morning. I'm sure the maid was loving it. Yeah, I was. it was a bit ropey to say the least. And, you know, in between all of that, I had to cope with a 4-3 four four defeat. Probably the most amount of rewrites I've ever had to do at, at a report at the end. I How mean, many total rewrites was it? I, I, certainly, like, you write the intro when you, you think you know how it's going to finish or whatever, but probably four. I mean, it was just hell. Especially when you feel like Death. I was gonna say death warmed up, but I felt like death froze to death because it was like zero degrees. Oh it, yeah. It felt about minus twenty. Um, <laughs> Stuart Dunn, the the Radio Shropshire commentator and others were commenting on how I was f- shivering uncontrollably at full time. I thought I thought this was the end, but yeah, they lost. They snatched defeat from the uh, jaws of a draw. Yeah. And it was just a. Topsy turvy roller coaster night of emotion, uh, emotions of a lack of quality of a lot of their certainly recent problems under Sam Ricketts. It was tough. Yeah, it didn't. It, I mean, it sounded like a little bit of a struggle. Positives to take, though, of course. Yeah, um, at 3 3 after 93 minutes, when Fijiri puts a penalty away for his hat trick. Um, you're thinking, right, we've defended very poorly here tonight. 
uh, tough tough place to go midweek, especially conditions. But we somehow got back from three one down to to draw. Our top scorer's got a hat trick. Um, you just like you know we'll take this point and we'll uh, we'll leave quickly away from Yorkshire. But oh, it was it was comical. I think I tweeted criminal at the end, and I just could not believe what I'd witnessed when David Ball scored in the 96th minute. It, it was unbelievably bad. Um, you know, how, how you can salvage a point so late away. It's such a crucial game at the bottom of League mm. One. Both teams were in the drop... Well, certainly Bradford were, were below, just below Shrewsbury in the drop zone at that point. And how, you, how they can allow that to happen as it did, I mean... You know, if anything, Bradford should have been on the ropes, having been pegged back. But well, I still can't get my head around what happened there, other than town went totally gung ho, and then at three three forgot that they didn't need to go gung ho anymore. Yeah, and it didn't get any better either because then you know they go and play Luton, admittedly a very tough opponent at home. Well, leaders and get yeah. absolutely smacked three 0 Yeah, that was um, that was a difficult day. Actually, a lot of um, fan unrest after that. Which might sound harsh because they're leaders, Luton, but Luton probably won three 0 in second and third gear. To be honest, they mm. they were at a canter, to say the least. Town went in at the break one nil down, and it, as Sam Ricketts says, it was an even game, a fifty fifty game, albeit yes one nil down. But they they were in the match, um, but second half they were poor, and it was back to back three nil home defeats in the league. Second half was a non-event. You know, Luton were, were three up by just after the hour. And the last 20, 25 minutes were pretty unbearable. As, again, in horrible conditions, fans left. There's no one there at the end and it was just a, a miserable last, last half hour. Um, Luton are leaders, so... You know, you, you slightly take it with a pinch of salt. A couple of the new new players started just a day after signing on, on deadline day, as they did. Um, so not fully up to speed and things like that, but... Yeah, the manner of how town went down 3-0 to Luton was worrying, to say the least. And a lot of fans got worried, are still worried after that, because the defeat, as I'm sure we'll discuss, leaves them 23rd, second bottom, ahead of Mammoth game this coming Saturday. Yeah, um, which, one, which one was harder to take, Lewis? The 3-0 <laughs> defeat? Good question or, from or you, Luke, I feel. Good question. I don't. I mean, I researched these podcasts oh, before. I turn off. You didn't know that. Impressive. I, I, it's a really tough answer, actually. I try put myself. I'm trying to put myself in the position of a fan. 144 town fans went to Bradford. I mean, fair play to them. Um, that was hard to take. That was seriously hard to take. I mean, Luton. You, I think Luton. You half expected a defeat. You know, leaders. Mm. Um, it would have took a, a top. You know. A, a good one of the better town performances in the league of the season to get anything against them high on confidence. So I'd I'd say the Bradford game, yeah, six pointer really, both teams at the bottom and you know, they were defensively haphazardous for, for most of the game, yet still looked like they were gonna snatch a point. Would have been a real triumph really, just taking that game into consolation, but nah. Um run to be that was hard to take. Luton three nil was <laughs> you know, I don't think I want to be in the, the sort of managers or board shoes at the end of that looting game because everyone had left. There were boos at full time by those that stayed. Um, that was tough on home soil to lose back to back 3 0, but mm. you kind of remember you're against the leaders, I think. 
Um, Bradford was, was was really tough, and not just because I felt like hell. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you ask for Jimmy Okunabiri, I'm sure he'll tell you that the Bradford game was the more frustrating. I, I yeah. have a lot of sympathy for him because he's surely going into that dressing room afterwards saying, lads, come on, I've scored a hat-trick. Yeah. And it's a mad start. Uh, and we're not getting anything from the game, not not even a point. And Okunabiri, we've spoke about him a lot, haven't we, that we were kind of perplexed as to why he wasn't playing under Esky towards the beginning of the season. And he showed over the past few months that he probably should have been playing. Um, he's taken to League One, you know, with, with a plan, considering he's come from come from non-league. If he carries on the way he's going, he'll probably be playing in the Championship next year. I think somebody will take a punt on him. Mm. And um, he scores a hat-trick. And you've got to just think... He thinks, right, I've salvaged a draw here. Yeah. And almost on his own. Almost, well, yeah, yeah pretty much on his own. He's, he scored the goals and he has been the go to guy. I know uh, Doherty's popped up with a few and Lawrence popped up with a couple as of late as well. But Kennebury has been the go to guy yeah. in games like that. He's come up with the goods, but then the defence doesn't help him out and hold up their end of the bargain. So I'm guessing he would have been very, very frustrated in that dressing room afterwards. Just on for Jury, that made it something like 14 goals in 24 games, which is a, a mad return since quite, he, quite since a record he, since he got into the team just after. I think it was just either just before John Askey um, was sacked by town. But the defensive problems Joe's just touched on then that's that's become a real worry of the fans. Um, so if you sort of rewind. That's the start of January, turn of the year. Um, Town had a disappointing defeat at Boxing Day at Accrington. Then we're, we're good in getting a 1-1 at Sunderland. Really resolute, actually. That was a really good, sort of hearty display at the stadium. It like, gave you loads of encouragement. Then the turn of the year, they get... Um, is it back-to-back? Nil-nil. So they, they draw at home to Fleetwood, nil-nil. And then they draw at Blackpool, also nil-nil. Mm-hmm. And you think... The problem scoring goals. I think Fajiri was going through a little bit of a lean spell, just sort of a, a month in the league without scoring. And it was like, oh, you know, he needs help up front. Sam Ricketts was devising this 3-4-2-1 to get Doherty and that in behind Fajiri to, to help score goals. And, you know, he came away from Blackpool, who were eighth at the time, I think. Decent side. It was like, Town were the better team. Blackpool rarely troubled them. Town looked resolute and solid. Um, and you know you fast forward two three weeks and now it's like you know, Shrewsbury can score goals but the, the defensive issues recently have been alarming individual errors which I think you put down to confidence being low mm. because of uh, you know lack of results but yeah errors have really cost them at the back yeah I mean the, the one bright point I imagine for Shrewsbury Town fans this season has been the cup running obviously getting that yeah, you know, a glamour tie against Wolves, and then let's talk about that one now. Because I mean, at home, I mean, what a performance! Oh, it's just a, yeah. a crying shame that they couldn't yeah. finish the job. And then away from home, they put in another great performance. And both of you guys witnessed each of these games, I think. Joe uh, missed the home. I, was, I missed the first. But... You missed the first. Well, either way, I mean, you witnessed you witnessed the replay. Mm-hmm. And I mean Shrewsbury Town. I mean it's quite a performance over two legs. Five four in aggregate they lost. Yeah. I mean they, you know, they they were all but through in the first tie. Mm. It's so difficult to to think back now. I mean after that, sorry, it was the first Wolves tie. Then it went to Bradford in the league, mm. and obviously, it, but in both of those games, added time goals has cost them. And 
and Sam Ricketts had a, a proper rant to, to us, certainly in the press, about conceding these late, you know, switching off at the end, concentration, uh, learn how to manage games and see them out. You know, we spoke about Bradford already, how, how that was allowed to happen, but, you know, Wolves, they were there, they were 2-0 they were up at home after 70 minutes and they were in dreamland, really. Uh, you know, they were in the fifth round and, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I was, I, I was, they, I was at another game, and I saw yeah. they were two 0 up. I was like, "Crikey, they're going to do a number on Wolves." I here. mean, yeah. After the first half, I, I, I could see that, you know, the obvious Wolves threat, but I, you know, I could tell that Town's tails were up, and they fancied themselves after how they won at Stoke, uh, and they just needed one, I suppose, either to fall for them or a bit of magic to get the ball rolling. And, and Greg Doherty, you know, is does what he he can do. Um, Beautiful goal, a real stunner. And Luke Waterfall heads it in from a corner for two. And, you know, I, I was with... Uh, that was the final game for Tom Leach, formerly of this parish. Um, and we just... Uh, we we thought we looked at each other and thought, this is done here, this is game over. And I think you, you tune it up, 70, you know, 72, 73, 74 minutes, and you think, what is happening here? Like, this is... This is historic territory for Shrewsbury this is Dreamland knocking out this Wolves team but you know Nuno who used a strong team from the off had to you know, send for, for his big big boys from the bench you know you're talking your Benfica Loney's worth 40 million who are ripping it up in the Prem and you know Jimenez got one back on 75 minutes a great finish and that's from Shrewsbury's point of view that was too early to, to have your, your two goal lead halved and it gave Wolves the momentum I suppose um, but Town were able to ride it out until the ref, uh, the fourth official gave six minutes added time, which I still don't think was six minutes. But you know the Matt Doherty, who I have sort of grown a real hatred for over the last couple of weeks because he's a right back and he scored three goals. He needs to remember where he should be, right back. Um, yeah, popped up with a with a great header from a is it a Traore cross at the end of the first leg. I mean, you know. Poor Ryan Haynes. We, we know, you know, he, he's in, trying to improve as a defender. Maybe it's not his strong point at the moment, but he's had to chase Traore now with Dama Traore for 180 minutes. You, you do not want that. Um, because Traore, I mean, for, for what he lacks in end products, and I still player, think he still lacks in end products, he will give his full back an absolute yeah. run around because of his pure pace and pure power. Joe, I mean, I know you've seen him plenty this season. He is just someone you just hate to mark, wouldn't you? Yeah, and he had he had Haynes on toast, quite frankly, to be honest, on on Tuesday night. He had him every single time. And that is that is you have those nights, I guess, as a fallback where you know kind of in yourself that you're getting beaten every single time. And yeah. Haynes But it's not Haynes' fault. Any any town player would have, you know, Triode ran past any sound yeah, player. He does it to Premier League uh, players on a regular basis. Yeah, I mean, of course, I suppose Haynes could have chopped him after two minutes and took a booking, but then where'd you go from there? Like, you, you, I mean, you're on a slippery slope then yeah. because you've got to mark him for the rest of the game and you're yeah. already on a yellow. Uh, just cutting him from Joe, Triode's end product is pretty woeful for the level he plays at. So, but then if he puts in a dozen crosses in a game, I suppose the uh, balance of probability, one of them, is going to yeah. find a target. Playing the percentages, he's going to eventually... Yeah create a chance yeah yeah and I, I mean in the second leg I mean shoot as, as I say Haynes was beaten every time but 
again, it's 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 what you're up against, and it was kind of expected. Um, to be fair to them, they were quite organised, Shrewsbury were, and I thought that the kind of cut, they got that two one lead, and I thought fair enough. I, I, there was an element of luck. Mm. Uh, I mean, John Bruddy, uh, uh, yeah, especially with the seconds. I mean, they've clearly highlighted something from set pieces, which they worked out from Walls, playing those in swinging corners. And then it was Waterfall and Bolton's goals. But pretty much, it's a yeah. case, it was a case of deja vu, wasn't it? It was pretty much exactly the same goal. Norburn corner, yeah. Norburn, got, Norburn corner. After but, the Norburn note in the first leg. Yeah. Was it a Doherty corner for the second leg? But it, and either way. No, it was Norburn. Was, was it Norburn yeah, again? Yeah, yeah. But either way, it was it was an in-swinging corner. and um, But the thing is... For, for for Shrewsbury, I think this defensive problem uh, is very much a problem. It's mm-hmm. got to be alarming for Sam because I know this said there was a hint of a foul and Lewis thought it was a foul in the build-up towards his third in the replay. Um, I feel that they've still got a bit to do after that foul. I think yeah. I know Cavalera yeah. has a pacey yeah. customer, but Waterfall is probably beaten a bit too easily. Yeah. There's players in the box. There's people there to deal with that, and I think this has got to be something that is a got to be addressed now because Shrewsbury are conceding way too many goals and they're conceding way too many late goals. And if they want to stay up and give themselves any sort of chance of doing that and give the attacking players, as I say, like a, a Kenabiri, that the chance to do his part, then they've got to hold up their end of the bargain at the back because really. Realistically, they should have got through against Wolves. Really, the Wolves yeah. got let off the hook. I think, mm. I think Caballero's quick, and I'm not trying to dig Luke Waterfall out of jail for Wolves as winner, um, but you could see that after Cav's first touch when he runs into the penalty box, that he's gonna he's gonna get ahead of Waterfall here. And I thought, is Waterfall gonna dive in? It was in the box. I think if it was outside, Waterfall takes the yellow. Then. Yeah. Uh, but you could just see he didn't want to dive in because he, he knew he'd be giving away a pen and I think there was someone else covering was it Bolton I'm not sure um, he did use a nice little bit of skill to like almost he dragged the ball across yeah, and inside, he, opened, yeah. he opened the goal up very nicely but, for himself but uh, you know going back to Joe's right there was a lot to do after I believe Beckles was fouled Sam Rickett certainly does and I can remember seeing it live I had a great view from where we were just above it and it was less than a split second that Troy Ray had him holding him back but it's a foul and the manager think, clearly thinks it's a foul Beckles his own making because he should have cleared it and that's again, it because he's got the ball at his feet and it, that, it, yeah you know. I, I remember he, he went to clear it then sort of checked back and I remember thinking oh you didn't need to do that like oh, I hope that doesn't cost you and yeah I think I think Traore fouls Beckles I think then Beckles has a go back um, after being fouled and kind of thinking oh dear and I don't know if that's like balanced out the ref's opinion on what's just happened or well, whatever. But I mean, he's looked to the lino after the whole. He? The, Ricketts was going bomb at the fourth official, but the whole situation regarding the VAR, I would like to be clarified. I spoke with Ricketts about it again this morning at a presser, and you know, are there guys in a room watching the whole game? Did did they even look at that? Because it's, it's the matter is, is it a clear and obvious foul? And the well, fact that the fact that people are kind of arguing over it is. Is it that obvious? Well, I suppose not. Too not. Sure. No, I suppose it's not clear and obvious because it was it was just a short pull. Um, but it's a shame. Um, you know, Town had to go late on, didn't they? A few mm. shots that went over. But you sense that the Wolves' third just kind of knocked their belief 
you know yeah. they, they, they didn't have something to hold on to and defend mm. um, but as we you know we talk about town conceding these 90 plus goals in added time it was the 45 plus at the at the end of the first half you know Doherty's second on the night to make it 2-2 that you know you if town go in 2-1 up um, I just think it's a, a different game it, town are able to Wolves are, town are able to defend more uh, go on the break as they like to play under Ricketts better and you know the the 2-2 goal just before half time gave Wolves all the relief all the you know oh we're level going into second half we only need one more kind mm. of thing um, frustrating because Steve Arnold's dropped across that uh, it's it's a bad error almost not as bad as Ruddy's but well all the goals were avoidable weren't they from Shrewsbury's perspective the first one for Doherty within two minutes well it, yeah it's, yeah. it's it, it sh- that first co- that corner should be cleared, yeah, and it's not, and it ends up back at the feet of Gibbs White, and then bobbles around the box, and then lands fortunately at the feet of Doherty. But really, that first corner should be cleared, and then Arnold makes a mess of the of the second. He kind of ends up in Narman's ma- ma- Narman's land, and ends up flapping at the ball, and then gifting it at the feet of at the Do- or the over the head of Doherty, and then yeah, the 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 third the third goal as well, where. Beckles Daly's on the ball for too long. Yeah, there's a hint of a foul, but really, as Louis said, he should have cleared it. So that's got to be the massively yeah. frustrating thing yeah. for Ricketts because it's three decisive moments, and, totally. and that's it. It, it, it. And that's what it's been. That's what it's been. That's been a story for Shrewsbury mm, the over the course of games. They haven't been dreadful, but they've had they've had moments where they've switched off, and that's all it takes, even at League One level or or teams against Wolves. If you switch off for a split second, more often than not, you'll get put, you'll get punished. But yeah. just on conceding so early, but we haven't mentioned 80 seconds when Doherty gave Wolves the lead at Molyneux. From a Shrewsbury perspective, perspective you feared the worst. Oh, I, certainly, um, I certainly do. I saw that one nil up early, and I thought well, this could be 4-5. Well, you would. Uh, I think all town fans did. So absolute credit for them to go and get an equaliser and then take the lead. Um, really gave three thousand one hundred town fans a night to remember. You know, some things to celebrate and to dream. Uh, because when you go one nil down, as Sam Ricketts says, you you could easily crumble, um, mm. and it could really get away from you quickly. But fair play to them. Fair play to them. You know. Uh, we could sit here and have the debate about is it a good thing that they went out of the competition. I'd probably argue, to an extent, yes. So move on to the league. Yeah, but obviously a tie, which many people will live in the memory. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk Bucks as well, um, Joe. Let's start with the four nil thrashing of Southport. Yeah, I had the pleasure. I mean, boom! What a result. Yeah, I had the pleasure of being at that, and that's the best performance I've ever seen from a from a Telford team. Um, to claim that, is. yeah, it, it, it was. It was a complete performance, and um, on a on a wet pitch on in the blustering wind, you know, rain. You wouldn't have been able to tell that because of how Telford plays. They played the conditions to perfection, but they played a great bit of football as well, and uh, with a pace of uh, Marcus Dinanga and Daniel Ludo. Mm. They're really threatening uh, defences. Uh, defences just don't know what to do. They, they strike fear into them. And then those two got on the score sheet. And then the other two scorers were probably more um, telling, really, of, of the job that Gavin Kerrin has done at, at Telford, that John Royal got the opener. And John Royal's the longest-serving player now at Telford. And he's not at all known for his goal-scoring prowess. Yeah. Um, he, 
previously under different managers under Rob Smith and Rob Edwards he'd been as as holding as a midfielder as you'd ever see um, barely you know being seen in the box and getting on the end of things kind of hugged the centre circle broke up play things like that but he's found a new lease on life under Kevin. he's getting on the end of stuff and getting goals himself now mm. and then Ellie Steeney chipped in with the other and, and again last season under Edwards he was very um, again reserved a defensive midfielder, but Gavin has clearly gave these play- players the message to go forward and burst forward, get on the end of things if you want. Of course, don't get too carried away, but um, they both have got themselves goals as well, and it was against the former manager in Liam Watson, who, mm-hmm. of course, guided Telford to the title uh, several years ago, and it was a statement of where... Telford had been under him, but now they've come out the other end. It was almost like a full circle kind of thing because they had a few tough years after Watson left, but they've found themselves again under Cowan now and uh, they're fifth in National League North and they fully deserve to be because I think this team is, is fantastic at the moment. Yeah, and you just get the sense that the mood around the camp, I mean, is completely different from years past. I mean, I've only kind of been covering the club for the past what two seasons or so but it seems completely different than yeah. those two previous years. Oh it's night and day it's night and day chalk and cheese however you want to want to term it because last season particularly uh, I thought things hit a new low um, mm. it was pr- pretty bad under the Rob uh, Smith reign t- towards the end but under Edwards a lot of fans became disenfranchised with the whole setup. Um, the, like the partnership with Wolves and having players on loan from there it just didn't sit well with mm. uh, quite a lot of people and it took someone like Karen, a very positive thinker and somebody who at the end of the day knows the club and knows the fans and has that connection to really give it some new life and breathe fresh air into the place and he's done that in in spades and he's not done it alone of course I mean the players have stepped up to the plate even players that were there last season, Uramari, Morgan Smith, Sally Steenies and people like that who weren't exactly uh, fantastic under under Edwards have been rejuvenated under Cowan and have justified their place in the squad. Mm. So, yeah, it's been a fantastic group effort and Gavin keeps pointing towards that, that it is a group effort. He's not got a, like a set start in 11, really. You look at every week, there'll be two or three changes, but everybody's playing a part and they're doing fantastic, so fair, fair play to them, all credit. It's a great story that Gav was coaching under yeah. Rob Smith and Rob Edwards, and like there, while it was, as you say, disenfranchised, which is definitely the right word, um, and he was sort of witnessing it from the the management point of view, and then takes the, the reign. It's just a great story, that, really, when you consider that he was part of tough times, and he's brought on that the other side of it. Yeah, it's... I mean, you sense a serious sort of upward trajectory, don't yeah. you? Uh, with the whole sort of town community kind of getting on board. Um, I saw the I saw a Telford fan had uh, put a little sticker off in the services on the way home. Trust the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Gav's little cliche catchphrase, whatever you want to call it. And fair play to him. Uh, I mean, we'll talk about it in a bit, but the the trophy run is something else, really. Yeah, that's yeah. it because it's not just the league he's he's having success in it is a trophy and I mean 
I must admit, when I saw the game on Saturday was postponed, I thought it worked against Telford. Yeah, because yeah, they had it organised where they were going to travel up the day before. They were going to be fresh. They were going to take on Spennymoor, which is a very long way to go. Fresh, ready to go, but no, they were forced to go up on a on a Tuesday night, which I thought worked against Telford. I thought a lot of people might have thought Spennymoor could do this. They could finally beat the Bucks, which is something they've they've not done all season, yeah. but. To go there and get a two-one win, yeah, we've without arguably your two biggest players as well, and yeah. uh, Marcus Dinanga, uh, the marquee signing from last month, returning to the club wasn't available. Cup tied, and Daniel Udall, the top scorer, was suspended. So that's where that group ethos comes in. Uh, com- it comes to the fore because Andre Brown, who when he came in in the summer, I think quite a few people thought that he might be the main, main man up yeah. front uh, when he signed from Kidderminster. Seen as a bit of a coup, he turned down fresh uh, fresh terms at Agbra and he'd had a trial at Leicester a couple of years back. So he's clearly a, a kid that's got talents, but um, he's been bit part, to, 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 to be frank, really, for Telford, but he's come in and got the winner yeah. at Spennymoor. And I, I've spoken to Gavin about this and he, he said... That's kind of the nature of football these these days. You don't necessarily have to play ninety minutes week in week out. Mm-hmm. Um, he says everybody's got a role to play, no matter how many minutes they play, mm. and it's about being ready for when you're called upon and ready to make an impact. Uh, Andre's done just that, and it's the same for kind of a Morgan Smith as well. He's been in and out of the team because of Dinanga being cup tied, and he's been far more consistent this season. And people. Like Henry Kevins, one of the star players in the first half of the season, has been a bit more bit part as of late. Yeah. But whenever he comes in, he does well. And I don't think players are kicking up a stink either if they're, if they're on the bench because mm. they trust the process, as, <laughs> as, as, as Gavin says. That, that, I mean, it is his mantra and it's, it's what he keeps saying. We should shot every time. But, yeah. <laughs> but um, Gavin Cowan drinking game. Yeah, but... Um, <laughs> That they do, and it, it, it's it's not just a catchphrase. It is it is what it is what they believe in. They, they do trust in what Gavin says, and they are trusting in each other as a group. And if someone's not in the team one week, they, they may well be in it next. And nobody's no, there's no egos. Everybody's committed towards one one goal. You say no one's kicking up a fuss. I tell you what, if they make it to Wembley, I think he's going to have a lot of people knocking on his door, Gavin Cowan. Yeah. And he's going to have to upset a couple of people. And one of them who will be upset is, of course, Denanga, as you said, because he's cup-tied. That's going to be gutting for him. Yeah, Denanga's cup-tied and Joe Bursic as well, the keeper who's coming from Stoke, uh, who's done very well, actually. England under-19 international. Uh, Stoke have got high abs for him and uh, he's done the business so far for Telford. But that... He's cup cup tied. In being cup tied, has opened the door to Andy Witcherley, yeah, uh, the local lad who grew up a Telford fan. And whenever he's been called upon, he's been solid as well. So, I mean, to, you know, Telford at the moment and Gavin has has just so many options. He's such a good position to be in. Uh, you've you've looked at the squad in the past couple of years, and it's been a, pretty much a set eleven that's picked itself. Um, now he's got. 16, 17 players who could all say, I deserve to be starting this week. Mm. So, fair play. It's it, And the fact that they've not gone out of a budget to do that as well, Gavin's been keen to reiterate that quite a few times, that we're still within budget. We're not kind of crippling, crippling ourselves financially to have got the squad that we've got. We've done it within, within our own means. And, yeah, it's been a very... 
very good recruitment uh, all round. Right now, do they go to uh, do they go to Wembley for you? Um, it's a very tough tough tie uh, coming up against Solihull, the uh, team flying that, at the moment. As yeah, well. a team that probably could well be in the football league next season. The way they're going, I, I was just going to say uh, it's a very hard draw, isn't it? I haven't seen every team that's left, but it's possibly the hardest you could get. I mean, at least it's local, but still away. And you'd fancy Telford a bit more at home. But what I would say is you, you just wouldn't bet against this team. No. You would not bet against this Telford team going there maybe forcing a... Is it replaying the trophy? Or is it extra time? And, uh, that's gone out of my head now, actually. I, I don't want to commit to either way. But mm. you wouldn't you wouldn't fancy them getting a draw, be it whether that means extra time or a replay. Um, you, wouldn't fan, you wouldn't bet against them going to get a, a result because of the spirit. And, you know, when you've got spirit, that sort of determination, ethos, then... It can take you a long way and, and beyond teams at a better quality, you know. Mm. Um, look at Shrewsbury last season going to the playoff final when they had no right to. If you've got the right, you know, spirit within the group, it can take you a long way. It, it wouldn't surprise me if they pulled out the unthinkable against Solio, but certainly overturn the odds. Yeah, yeah, tough task for them. Right, um, got a little bit of a. Uh, a segment called Hot or Not for you. Like it. It's, okay. it's very simple. Yeah. I've picked out three points which are hot, so they are good. Three points which are not, so they are bad. Okay. I'm going to quickly discuss them because we, I, I'm planned for as much time as we've taken, but okay. so much to talk about. Absolutely. First of all, the first hot, um, the Bucks fifth in National League North. Can they get promoted? Well, the, this is it, isn't it? It's having that trophy and uh, playoff push to balance, but I would be very surprised not to see them finishing the playoffs. Uh, I think Bradford Park Avenue are currently fourth. Uh, apparently, their kind of financial backing has been they're dropping like a stone. It's been, been taken away. They've pulled a plug. So, really? so they're fourth, and their run is is very bad. So I can see them dropping out. So that effectively pushes Telford technically, I suppose, up a place to fourth, mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, I'd be very surprised if they don't make it. And in this trophy run that they've had, these kind of one-off games, and the fact that they've stood up to the occasion yeah. and had that run fills you with confidence going into into mm. a potential playoff run. So I think there's every chance. I think there is, honestly. I suppose the only question is if I know it's a long way off. If they were to go up, I mean, there's serious questions about a lot of teams in national league, not national league now playing full-time football. Yeah, yeah. This is this is the thing. This is the thing, and. Um, Hopefully there will have been discussions um, behind the scenes if it does happen. Just, just, just kind of not getting carried away. You've got to plan for it, though. Yeah, for probability. Yeah, you've, you've got to, you've got to plan in some way because um, the last thing you want to see is, uh, it, you know, in Telford, in what they've done in years gone by, is that they've gone gone up and then bent straight back down, and, yeah. and then you're kind of just building up from scratch once again. So if they do go up, hopefully there'll be the plans in place for them to to stay there. Mm. So is that hot? That is a hot. That's oh, a hot. Good, that's right, a hot. Yeah. One not. Remain Vancelot? Vancelot? Uh, Vancelot? Vancelot, I think, rather than Vincelot. Vancelot, yeah. So Remain. Doesn't yes. look good for him, does it? Injury worry. No, Remain will remain in the uh, in the injury room, or whatever you call it. <laughs> the physio room. Yeah, um, yeah he, he came off after 30-odd minutes at Molyneux. Uh, new signing last month, uh, just his second start for town. Thirty-three year old, a lot of experience, brings versatility. 
on Saturday, the 3-0 Luton defeat, he started in the midfield. Didn't do too badly, in my opinion, and uh, played in defence at Molyneux and was looking okay, was looking solid enough, but he he took a right bang on the knee from Caviero and from the side and apparently his knees just, just really buckled. And he went for a scan today. Um, it did, doesn't sound good. Manager Sam Ricketts says it sounds... Doesn't look great at all. Mm. Um, I don't know if we're talking Linnell John Lewis territory uh, for knee injury problems like like a year, but it's, I don't know the specifics. But it sounds ligament related, uh, which of course is is months. And what are we in February now? So are we going to see him again this season? It's tough, but he's got an, he signed an eighteen month deal, so he's contracted till next summer. Mm. Um, so hopefully we'll see him again. You know, I know a lot of our town fans raise their eyebrows at this signing. Yeah, uh, because he was an experienced guy, older guy couldn't really, weren't really doing it for Crawley in League Two. So you wonder, you know, what's going on here? Obviously, the manager knows him from Coventry, but yeah, doesn't look good. Not hot. Um, shame for him though, especially on such a big, big stage. Certainly is. Um, what hot Shrewsbury Town related, um, Mister Mister Dean Henderson. Yes. Oh yeah, Dean. Yeah, I tell you what. Was it Juventus by Munich? Wasn't yeah, a story yeah. that I I saw coming. Well, no, yeah, so he's he's been linked by a national paper to German and Italian giants, which, you know, is, is testament to everything he's about, everything he did at Shrewsbury Town, everything he's doing at Sheffield United. I know, you know, we had him for a year, and obviously I spoke to Man United people about him and what he's like, what they think about him. I know how highly they rate him, you know, and... Doing well in the championship as well. It was, it was no, absolutely, um, and I, and I knew he would. And he's not as I think Joe, no, you know, interviewed him as well. Not short in any way of confidence or belief, as any town fan knows. But he's got the ability to match. He, you know, we kind of all laughed and smugged when he tweet or call himself, you know, future England number one. But you know, I, I. I um it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. It, it it wouldn't if he doesn't move away from United because he doesn't think he's gonna play. If he stays there, it wouldn't surprise me if he's Man U's number one. Um, you know we we've got to see him play in the Prem if he does stay in England, I suppose. But yeah, as as long as he can get the the mental right. There are a few questions last season. He gets a bit excited, didn't he? I remember Blackburn away, the key promotion game. They they riled him and he got the ban for chucking the jelly baby. Um, you know, but ability wise. I mean, I, I remember hearing, you know, from people last season that big clubs in England and further afield were were interested. So, you know, he signed a new deal to twenty twenty last summer. Um, I hope we get to see him in the Prem. Um, perhaps he needs another. Maybe he needs a season next season, l- low mid Premier League to play. Um, because yeah. you know, he's not unless. Well, if De Gea goes in the summer, man, you buy another keeper, don't they? Um, presumably, so he's not going to get a go straight away at United. I would, I wouldn't say. But if he goes abroad, like your Sancho's and that, do you, do you blame him? No. Um, not really, because I imagine he'll go abroad and be a number one. That's it. Sky is the limit. Um, one not for Telford. Kind of tongue in cheek. Their league deadline day wasn't great, was it? <laughs> Well, it wasn't their deadline day, but yeah, it's um, yeah they didn't get any business done. But the Joe came over to me midway through the day. He's like, "I've got some massive breaking Telford news." <laughs> I was like, "Here we go, here we go. Who are they signing? Uh, no ins, no outs." 
All right. But <laughs> it, it's it's essentially a, a hot or a good thing because yeah, of course. Um, you know, somebody could have easily come in for Daniel Luda after, after the season that he's oh, had, yeah. uh, scoring all the goals that he has. Um, some uh, spoke to a Southport fan or kind of somebody involved in their club staff. I don't know what his name was, but just had a brief conversation with him after the game, and he said, uh, "You know, the striker for Telford, he was pretty much unplayable today." And I said, "Well, he, that's uh, Dan Uda. He got released by Crew in the summer." Yeah. He said, "What were they thinking, <laughs> uh, releasing him?" And uh, yeah, I, I imagine they'll be kicking themselves because surely local football league clubs, a la Shrewsbury, a la Crew, uh, are watching Udo. Yeah, I mean. I would be gobsmacked if they weren't. Mm. Um, you know he's contracted, isn't he? I'm sure. Udo. Yeah. So, you know, clubs have to pay if if they want him. But you, you know, when a, I'm sure he'll stay at Telford for the rest of the season. I'm sure, and we, yeah. we know what will happen. But if he if he gets a, a well, I think he's a pro. But you know, a, a league move out of it, then good luck to him. Yeah. yeah. Um, another not um, as we touched on before, Shrewsbury Town's league position. Twenty third. That's pretty cold. Yeah. Uh, cold is an understatement. It's like Bradford on Tuesday night. Sub zero. Yeah. 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 It is very, very bad. Um, general, genuine relegation worries now. Uh, to yes, to an extent, I do worry. Um, I mean, you look at the bottom of the table; it's so compact. And that's not me mm. trying to get, you know, say if they get a win. That's not me right. saying don't worry. Yeah, but you know, you still need to get those results. Asterix, but. You know, one result on Saturday at Bristol Rovers changes the picture slightly, and all of a sudden you you could be talking about being 18th, 19th rather than 23rd. Mm. It takes doing, as you say, doing the business over the white line. And something also not hot is their away record. They still have the worst away record in League One, so that's got to change. If that if if they finish the season with the worst away record in League One, then it's I think they're doomed. Yeah. Um, that's got to change. Mm. Play a lot of clubs around them beginning this Saturday away and they need wins on the road because they've only won at Wimbledon, who are the only team below them. Yeah. yeah. I'm, lo- I'm looking at the run and I'm, I'm not I'm not optimistic for them, to be honest. Uh, I'm looking at the run of fixtures and it just looks looks a tough run of fixtures and I'm struggling to see where the consistent run of wins comes from, but let's hope I'm proved wrong. I, I, I see... The schedule being fine now, out of the cup, lying in the sand, 16 games. We've got Saturday-Saturday games where mm. they can train and integrate new players. I want to see the best formation and Ricketts play what he thinks is his best team. And, you know, ask me the question at five o'clock on Saturday or maybe after the home game against Burton following that. And No, I, I've, still got, I've still got hope because I see on paper, yeah, admittedly, and in these cup games... A good, a, a good a half a, decent squad. A good squad, yeah. but my concern is that they've stockpiled too much. Um, I, I thought in January was the chance to weed out the, the dead weight. Yeah. Um, but they got rid of 12, but brought in 10. So the players that weren't kicking the reels have just been. Have just basically. Right. The players who were kicking the reels have been replaced by other players who are now just kicking the reels. Mm. I mean, the, 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 the one thing I would say is they improved on the quality a lot. Of, yeah. You know, you compare what goes out to what come in, but there's still, it's still a big squad it's, now. There's still too many in there for me. But, but, um, there's two players every position, and now if, you, if you've been poor or you had a poor half, you mm. get replaced by someone who is able to make a difference. 
that that didn't happen before the window. No, um, no. I would say so. That yeah, it, but I take Joe's point. It depends which way you look at it because for me, it's it's a difficulty for Sam to to know what his best eleven is when he's got so many options. Mm. But uh, but then in the same breath, you can change it if it's not going right. But mm. you want a settled team as best as you can. Yeah. And I feel like. If the options they've got available, that's 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 a tough task. Yeah, that's what I had as a hot was Shrewsbury Town's deadline day because it was so much yeah, business. Yeah, that's definitely a hot. Well, we've got, just to add on to what Joe finished there, you know, I say about the back-to-back Saturday, it's a time to train. You know, the fitness front, other than Vince Lowe, is brightening up. Sean Worley, Dave Edwards uh, are pretty much back. Mm-hmm. Um, Worley's, I think, certainly ready to start. Dave Edwards from the bench. I think I think they can be two massive players. Certainly Worley, we don't know. How Dave's going to adjust, but I, you know, should he play regular-ish? I expect him to be a big player, get a few goals. Mm-hmm. Um, so fitness that's helping. Onto the deadline day, yeah, it was it was it was quality. I mean, when they brought in Tyrese Campbell on loan from Stoke late on, who, quite frankly, tore Shrewsbury a new one yeah. over two FA Cup games. It was a stunning loan signing, a lad that's gone on to start for Stoke in the Championship. Such a, a statement. Uh, yes, he started against Luton last week on his debut. You know, a day after joining, and probably didn't even have a training session, and you know, didn't really know his teammates. So that's one that you hope can bed in and integrate and fly and get the handful, half a dozen of goals that Town are going to need out of him. You know, on paper up front with Okanabiri, it should be it should be quality, shouldn't it? League One defenders hate pace; mm. they can't deal with it. And and Campbell is lightning. He's quicker than Fajiri. He's such a prospect. Town, absolute coup to get him. And yeah, great deadline. Um, Stefan Payne returned. Yeah, Can't play against his parent club, Bristol Rovers, on Saturday. But, I, I not a feel-good signing, but I think it's good for the behind the scenes. I think it's good for the dressing room. Good character. I think he'll get a few goals. Uh, I think it's a good option to have from the bench an improvement on what they had from the bench, certainly. And the defence, which was mentioned have been error, error strewn, individual errors. Rashawn Williams on a two and a half year deal from Manchester United. I mean, you know, let's see what that brings. That oh, he could he could play on Saturday. I mean, I expect him to come in. I do. I think he's going to be involved um, as part of a back three. Who he comes in in for is anyone's guess. You know, Waterfall, mm. Sadler, Beckles. I don't know, but he could take to the pitch, and he could be brilliant for Town. Yeah. We know he's absolutely rapid. Like 100 metre record, whatever it was. Um, and I was very good on the ball. Can he handle the rough and tumble, but the physical strikers? That's what we need to see. But if it works, I mean, it could be a great compliment for the rest of the defence. So I hope to see that. I do hope to see the new keeper on loan from Derby, Jonathan Mitchell. I think we will. I like Steve Arnold. I do. I think he's done miles above what was expected of him when he signed as a backup. Uh, a couple of errors crept in recently, which is a shame. But I don't think you can you can put too much blame on him. But I think if you bring a loan keeper in, I think you've got to give him a go. Yeah. Um, you might, you know, he, he didn't come, come in on loan to be on the bench all season. So I, I expect a change team at Bristol Rovers on Saturday. And I hope to be, you know, come five o'clock, boosted by what I've seen by these new lads. Yeah, busy, busy day. Anyway, got a quiz for you guys, got a quiz. Yes. How much do you guys pay attention to the Shropshire star on a Friday? Do Robert. you do you read and partake in yeah, Bob, Bob Brown's quiz? Um, oh. Why have you just lifted his quiz? I have indeed. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Excellent preparation. Yeah. If it's tomorrow, if it's if it's this Friday's start, I did have a quick glance. It is not this Friday's. Okay. 
I'm it is like, last Friday. Because okay. I don't want to. I don't want to take a step ahead of the paper. True, know? true, true. Okay. People, people buy the paper for these. Of course, it is. Yeah. So we're going to run through his quiz. Um, if you guys have read any, yeah, yeah. Slept since, slept since then, so I forgot these questions. So first question: Which club did James Collins join permanently between Shrewsbury and the Hatters? Was it Northampton, Crawley, or Swindon? Oh, Crawley. He was on. Are you definite with that? Sound he was confident. on loan at Northampton, wasn't he? Pretty sure it's Crawley. I'm happy to go with Joe. Crawley is correct. Well done, sir. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Who scored both goals for Shrewsbury in their 2 0 home win over Luton in August 2014? Was it Jordan Clark, Scott Vernon, or Jean Louis Akpa Akpro? I'm afraid I'd be guessing. Akpa Akpro was yeah, my guess, first yeah. uh, inkling. I'd guess Akpa Akpro. But that, that was just thinking of a striker from that era. A lot of people did think that, and they're wrong. Ooh. Right, Scott Vernon. It will. It was Jordan Clark. Is it Clark? I, I Jordan don't, Clark. I, I don't even know who Jordan Clark is. Very good player. Right, as you don't know him because it was before, I suppose, our time on on this sports desk. Mm. But I saw him a couple of games for town. He's since now Ackridge and Stanley, pretty much tearing up League One. Very good little nippy winger that what? I would have liked still to be at town. Which club did Andre Gray join between Shrewsbury and Luton? Was it Tamworth, Kidderminster or Hinkley? I want to say Hinkley. Yeah, I'm leaning towards that as well. Hinkley is correct. Yeah. Yes. In which year did Dave Edwards join Luton from Shrewsbury? 2007, 2008, 2009? Seven. Seven. Correct. Yeah, because he then joined Wolves in January of our I believe. Yeah, left hand after the 07 playoff final. For which club did former Luton and Shrews loan signing David Button make 134 league appearances? Fulham, Brentford or Plymouth? Brent. I don't think he played that much for Fulham, did he? No, Brentford. Brentford, I think, because he's now at Brighton. Yeah, playing in the Prem, yeah. Yeah, let's go, Brentford. Brentford. Correct. Yeah. Well done, Joe. Correct. What's, what's David Button's... Did he have a brief spell at Shrews? Loan at Shrews, I think. Oh, right, yeah. OK. Yeah. Many moons ago. <laughs> <laughs> Who scored the first goal for Shrewsbury in their 3-0 home win over Luton in 2008? Oh. Ben Davies, Paul Murray or Grant Holt? I've got to go Holty that yeah, season. Yeah, su- super Grant. Incorrect. It was oh. Paul Murray. No. Paul Murray. For which club has Lee Angle made the most league appearances? Mansfield, Lincoln or Peterborough? Peterborough. Yeah. Yes. Doing yeah. well there, guys. Mark Pugh joined Luton and what? which other team on loan from Shrewsbury? Berry, Hereford or Southend? I'm tempted to go Hereford as the local side. I don't, that's the only inkling I've got, is I'm that, Is that M-A-R-C? Yeah, he's Pugh. playing in the, the, the Bournemouth. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's a, quite a, a prominent Shrewsbury spell a lot oh. earlier in his career. I want to say Hereford. Hereford? Come on, Joe. I'm leaning towards Berry for some reason. Hereford. Hereford is right. Ah. Maybe uh, I knew that in the deep down of my brain. Yeah, yeah. With which club was Marcus Denanga on loan to from Burton in the first half of the 2018-19 the season? Hartlepool. Oh, wow. Don't even need the option. Straight in yeah. there, nailed it. Hartlepool. He didn't score. Didn't score. Didn't, didn't score for him. Didn't, didn't score once. Who scored twice for the Bucks in their 3-2 win at Spennymoor in August 2018? Udo, Morgan Smith or Ellis Deeney? Udo, Udo scored twice. Or always go for Udo. Correct. So there you go. Flying. Good job, guys. Yeah, that's pretty. That's How, what was that score? You got them all right, didn't you? No, I uh, uh, Yeah, got, got, no. got them all. We got all Holt of them. Wrong. We got Grant Holt wrong. Grant Holt and uh, Jordan Clark. Yeah. Jordan Clark. Yeah. That's not a bad effort. The famous Jordan Clark. 
the famous Jordan Clark. Lewis, I understand you got questions. Yes, yes, yes. I had a few fans. I'm going to... Um, let's fly through them. I'm going to leave Sal up Jack's question till the end. Let's fly through them. Um, we're, we're, we're topping an hour now. Yeah, fine. Um, Tom Griff. <laughs> I mean, I haven't really had, been able to think about this. What position will we finish in the league? He means town, obviously. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we all want to give an answer there, but I'm going to give an optimistic 19th. 20th. Safe. Safety. Just. 21st. And down. Boo. Boo. Realism from Joe. <laughs> uh, which player has the best hairstyle at town? Uh, Ooh, there's a couple of corkers in there. I mean, Beckles. Oh, my mm. Beckles knows how to style that... Um, yeah, that head of hair. Yeah, um, none of them for me match anything from Shane Shut- Shane Sutton. Sh- sh- sorry, Shane Shutton. Um, Shane Sutton. No, yeah, he's got. Us. Well, he's a barber, isn't he? Yeah, he's so, a barber. Um, uh, shout out to him. Uh, I think give it Almar. Should we give Hainsy? it Hainsy? Nah, Al- Al- Almar. I think Almar's the only one who's got anything extravagant going. Anything on, going on? Yeah, yeah. I'm happy with with Almar Beckles. A lot of simple styles in the industry. Yeah, yeah. The, the generic. Create your own player, FIFA football manager. <laughs> Side party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you had to sit somewhere in a stadium, which block would you choose? That's For me, I always question. sat behind a goal. Always you, sat behind. If we're talking the goal. about the Meadows specifically, I wouldn't sit in block nineteen um, because I, I don't know, I don't. It doesn't particularly interest me to just have it out of the way, fans, just for the crack. Um, um, I, 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 I like ten and in, I think nine, ten, eleven, where the the more vocal, safe standing is behind the goal I think that would be fun but to be honest I'm a bit lazy I think I'd rather sit yeah I quite like the press bench <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you where you don't like the press bench uh, Everton Plymouth yeah oh god yeah leaked on top on yeah <laughs> I think I can't say block one two or three that's down in the family stand and I think town fans would lynch me for saying that because I think it's a little bit on the quieter side there but then you know if there's nothing to shout about then when I was when I was a Villa well when I was a Villa fan I'm still a Villa fan when I was going to the Villa regularly as a fan I was always holding lower mm-hmm. solid behind the side of one of the goals and trying to spot yourself on match of the day after you, of course now I'm I'm not going to sit there and watch <laughs> Quest TV and try to spot myself have you been to Anfield away as fans no no I always sat above away fans Anfield right up I, I quite like the side stand view but but like at one end. Of the side yeah. stand, yeah, so yeah. it's like a you got an angled view, angled view, kind of covering all of the pitch. Final question from Tom is: How much do you miss Tom Leach, and how jealous are you of his move? Oh, one hundred percent, you are absolutely missing him. How I don't how know how jealous you are. Of yeah, him for how the much post. do I miss him? Fair amount. Am I jealous of him? No. <laughs> so um, yeah, Tom Leach. Uh, for those listeners who don't know, um, free transfer deadline yeah, day, a deadline. Well, Nearly deadline day, um, a couple of days before the deadline. Unfortunately, he departed to uh, the Express and Star and Shropshire Star Boo. for the Nottingham Post. Um, I'm sure he's listening to his podcast because he's still <laughs> keeping his eyes on Shrewsbury Town, so I imagine he will be listening to this. Um, we are sorry to see Tom go, but I think the most sorry of all is is the bromance. Yeah. Um, yeah. Secondary, the secondary bromancer in, in a relationship, Lewis. Secondary bro. Uh, yeah, question from Mark Lynch. Did we strengthen in the window in all of the areas the managers wanted to or did some not get over the line? That's an interesting one. 
Um, the only I don't know what you think about this, Joe. Just trying to think off the top of my head. I thought he might be interested in width more, uh, another winger. Yeah. Although I do think this three-five-two with wing backs kind of means you don't really need need to play wingers, and they do have Wally Gilead in there. Obviously, they sent Issa out on loan. Yeah. Um, but I do think long term, Sam Ricketts wants to play wingers width. Possibly he had a look for long term, but I don't think between now and the end of the season it was that essential. Possibly an option. Um, everywhere else, I think they I think they covered. Maybe they didn't get a a right back in his challenge for Bolton but young Ryan Sears came on at Molyneux the other day and yeah. he's been given Towns man of the match I mean I thought he was a really mature performance from a 20 year old academy graduate so right back sorted possibly I uh, can't a, a winger yeah because they got rid of Nahura and Alisa and, and, yeah. and, and didn't get anybody else in so maybe you could say a winger but I, yeah I, th- I think they've by all respects, they probably got most ninety percent. Tyrese Campbell's left-footed, and I, I gather he can do a job out wide left if if needed to. So yeah, um, he also asked. Da, 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 da. Oh well, he stated we seem short at fullback to me and wide midfielders, which is kind of what we said. Yeah. Uh, also, why did Reese Cook signing if Mitchell was lined up and is he an improvement? I think Reese Charles Cook joined as a stopgap for when Joel Coleman went back to Huddersfield and they needed someone on the bench. That wasn't Danny Coyne. I can't yeah. imagine he's on a great deal of money. No, it's it all parties. He wants to be at a club instead of being a free agent. It's a short-term fix. Yeah. He'll, he'll be gone by the end of the season. Ninety-nine percent sure. That's it from Joe and uh, Salop Jack asks uh, a question that he's asked a few Shrewsbury Town players this season. What moisturizer do you use, you beautiful man? I use Nivea. Do you? Yeah. Liverpool FC sponsors. I use number seven, which I'm not even sure what that is. But it's from Boots. No, so sorry, sorry, Salop Jack. Um, number seven is what I use. Let me oh, do some more research. I don't even know what moisturiser is, to be honest. Joe, oh, Joe Edwards has a natural moisturiser. Joe, you are groomed. Uh, t- uh, nah, moisturiser, nah, thanks. Number seven, NO7, Protect and Perfect. Yeah, that's the one. No, I use like a Nivea one. Um, it's, it's a quid at Savers. Strong, <laughs> strong. Yeah, yeah. All about the discount. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, on we go. A bit of soap and water, that's all you need. No, oh, soap just dries your skin out though. <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, okay, let's move on very, very quickly. Let's yeah. talk, I'm going to literally talk about TNS for less than a minute, but it's going to be one of the best minutes you'll ever yeah, we're gonna start, on, yeah. Yeah, start a timer. Right. Time when you ready. Their results recently have been absolutely outstanding. Landudno Town won 4 0. Yeah. Seven Druids won 7 0. Right. And then 3 0 in the game afterwards. Newtown beating 4 0. Lenethley Town 5 0. And then they beat Broughton 5 2 in the Welsh yeah, Cup. Elvis Broughton, yeah. 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 I mean, that's some ridiculous results. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, frankly, that is pretty impressive, isn't it? We, you know, earlier in the season, we looked like they were going to struggle a bit more so yeah. than usual, but they've turned something around to their credit. I mean, that is. A very good effort and twenty eight goals in seven games. They're, yeah, they've been given a bit more of a run for the money though this season. Yeah, not top of the table. They've got it, a game in hand. Uh, uh, they can go top. The Welsh Premier. It's uh, one for the neutral this season. Ten seconds to go. So we we're, done all, well. we're all done. Oh, there you go. I did yeah, say less than a minute. Fifty yeah. seconds. Than a minute. Do we have a Welly Watch update or no? Yeah, we do actually. Yeah, I'll make it uh, about ten seconds there. Four, <laughs> Fourteen team West Midlands Division One. Uh, they lost five 0 to Team Dudley last time out, but that did follow 
uh, a 1-0 victory over Klaus Rivals Telford Juniors um, so yeah they're, they're going to go on all on, uh, on Saturday this weekend uh, let's hope they can climb the table big result like, against Telford let's Juniors oh yeah I feel can. like you could play for Telford uh, Team Dudley Joe just the, the the strong thick black contracts and you bring to this podcast well I am a right back now so <laughs> You've gone from striker to centre mid to right back. <laughs> yeah, goal next. yeah, and 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 I scored my first goal of the season the other week. But let, let, from, let's, let's let's about that from yeah. right back. Yeah, Matt Doherty. Matt Doherty. No, don't mention his right. name. What what a man. Yeah, oh, man. I tell you what, Dudley Town. They go out for food after. If they get some orange chips, team, I am team jealous. Dudley. Yep, yep, and yeah, fourteen fourteen for the individual one. No, I've just had a text saying curry or tacos tonight, so I am just reply orange chips. Losing interest in this and thinking about curry or tacos. <laughs> it's a strong, it's a, it's a tough decision. Orange chips. That's what you got. Orange chips. Okay. Um, Depends on curry, I suppose. No double barrel striker update today. There will be one in the next episode. Uh, let's preview games then, because yeah. we won't do nominations either if we're not doing double barrel strikers in okay. terms of an update. Uh, let's start with the Bucks. Um, Bradley Town away. Right next to Telford, sixth place. I mean, um, gives them an opportunity, Telford, to open up a little bit of a gap over them. Yeah. Um, what do you expect? I'm expecting another Telford win. Um, I'm expecting wins from them most weeks now, and then they go and fulfil them and, and win. So, um, yeah, uh, they playing against Kevin Wilkin and Kevin Wilkin had Kevin as a player for several years at Nuneaton and so they've got a lot of respect for each other but Telford beat them 2-1 in the reverse fixture in August and uh, they've got options back for this one obviously I've mentioned Bursic, uh, Udo, Dinanga all available for selection again so Kevin's got a nice uh, selection headache um, ahead of this game and he's got to choose to whether to stick or twist with the likes of Brown or Morgan Smith, my, my, I've got a hunch that uh, Udo and Denanga will come back in just for that freshness and that pace that they provide. But uh, if it's not working, then you've got a confident Brown and Morgan Smith on the bench. So, yeah, plenty of firepower. Certainly have some. Give me a match prediction. Um, I'm going to go uh, two on the books. Lewis? Oh, it's a tough game, isn't it? Brackley away. I like Joe's confidence, 56. I'm going to say one all draw. 4 1 Telford. Wowza. Emphatic. Emphatic. Yeah, uh, and now Shrewsbury Town, Bristol Rovers away. Um, is it the Weebigs derby? It is, but that's only at the Meadow, really. We don't no, really do okay. that at the Meadow. No, we, we only, we don't we do only chuck uh, wheat in Shropshire. Yeah, um, but no, a massive game, big game. This against a side one point ahead. Yeah. Um, do you expect changes? Yeah, it's interesting. Isn't it just on. I'll answer your question, but like, you know. It's a bigger game than Wolves in the yeah, FA Cup yeah. somehow, which is is mental. But you know, you're thinking about survival. It's it's massive. They can't lose Town at, at Bristol Rovers. I don't think they can afford to lose. I really don't. Um, which means they need to sort out the away record. A draw is probably escapable. Not not the worst, but it's, it's a it's a really they really need to go and win. Um, changes, yes, obviously against Wolves in the FA Cup. Fred Bear, they were. I mentioned young kids on the bench, Ryan Sears, James Rowland, Luke Ward, all 17-year-olds on the bench at Molyneux. Um, that's because five of the new signings were ineligible. Matt Sadler, Anthony Grant, cup tied. So that's, I mean, seven straight away were un- unavailable. A lot mm. of them will come in. I'd like to see a back three wing-backs, that formation. I'd, as I mentioned, I've, I've got a hunch that loan keeper Jonathan Mitchell will come in for his town debut. I think we, there's every chance we could see Rashawn Williams... Uh, 
signed from Man United. I think Tyrese Campbell comes back in. Yeah, a bit of a toss-up maybe between Ryan Hayne and Scott Goldborn. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you, you bring Sadler and Grant in as well, I'd have thought. So, a new-look side, and I hope the new-look side can get a bit of momentum, you know. Do we see Dangerous Dave? No, on the bench, I would say. He obviously made the bench uh, at Molyneux. Uh, I don't think he's ready to start. He needs to come on for 15, 20 minutes, get up to speed that way. Obviously, Saturday, Saturday will help him. Hopefully, next week, he can have a four weeks training. Um, and I, I do wonder if, come the following Saturday's home game against Burton, which is equally as big, he might be ready to go from the off. Prediction, please. Um, I'm going to say 1 1 again and be boring. 1 all. Could you be any more on the fence? No. Um, uh, I'm going to say 2-1 Bristol Rovers. 2-1 Shrewsbury Town, because I am the optimist in the room. You are so positive in these predictions. But you as for you, Joe. <laughs> I am a massive optimist, though. Like That whole season when, again, off-patch, Villa went down. There was, <laughs> I think it got to like February and, and Villa won in Villa. donkey's years. And I was like, no, they can get out of this. All they need is a couple of results. Spur them on, they'll do a Leicester, they'll pull out and then they'll... Before you know it, they'll be winning the Premier League. <laughs> um, yeah, I tend need to, to win it, but I, I see a draw. Yeah, right. That just about does it, guys. Just about does it. Uh, an information-packed episode of the podcast, I think. Yeah. We, we did manage to squeeze it into an hour and 15 minutes. Well done. How, uh, how did you find it? Okay. Draining. Draining. Uh, exhilarating. A roller coaster. Yeah. yeah. Similar to Bradford 4-3. Kind of... Started poorly, managed to drag it back. I don't, I don't know. Ended on a. I don't know. I'm trying to compare it to Bradford Four Three. It, it, it was a journey. Yeah. Well, we hope you enjoyed it. Um, nothing else to say other than a thank you to Joe. Yeah. Thank you yeah. to Lewis. Cheers, Luke. And a thank you to everyone for listening.